The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey friends, and welcome to another program, Afternoons with Mike, heard daily on the Shepherd Radio Network, coming to you from our studios in Orlando. I just had the privilege of being up in Gainesville, and of course we have our stations in Ocala and the villages as well. And so we're a regional group and on the line with me today, a first time caller, I'm able to be able to be talking today to Eric Holm. He's with Youth for Christ out of Polk County, down around the Winter Haven area. Eric, it is so nice to have you. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Mike. It's really great to be here. Love uh, sharing what's happening here at Youth for Christ. Now, how long have you been with Youth for Christ? Well, I began serving with Youth for Christ um, in 1999. I was fresh out of high school and got involved in uh, volunteering and in different ways since then have been been a part of the ministry here in Polk County. Oh, that's great. Now, I understand that you're almost a Florida native. That's great that you escaped wherever it was from <laughs> to get to Florida. Tell us about that. Yeah, for sure. My family moved to the Central Florida area. I was only about six months old, so really, I claim Florida as my home. I think uh, I think that that's okay at this point. Yep, it and, is. Uh, I, I was, you know, in Denver for a few days uh, over this last week, and I am glad that I live in Florida. So, I. Beautiful there, but the weather here is uh, hard to beat. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, all those cold places, Denver, I mean, really, you could just name any of the states up north right now this week, and you'd say, I'm glad I'm in Florida and not there, be it the Midwest, North, upper Midwest states. Uh, I was telling you earlier about a friend in Minnesota. They're snowed in up there. They can't even get out. It's just crazy what's going on, and yet here we are with record temps in Florida. I'll take that any day. Uh, you know, sure. you're, you get to work. How did you come? You get to work with a great organization. How did you originally come to know the Lord? Absolutely. So um, when I was a young child, uh, preschool aged, my family at the time was not involved in a, in a church, um, but they needed a preschool for me. Uh, my parents both worked, and they found a church-ran Christian preschool and so I started attending there, Parkland Baptist Church, Parkland Preschool in Winter Haven. And um, through the ministry of the preschool, my family was invited to a Sunday morning service on Mother's Day for a special event. And after that, I saw the church uh, as a child and learned all the, the children's Bible stories. And as I got older, I watched people in the church come and visit with my family, sharing the gospel with my parents. I watched both of my parents come to know Christ and be baptized, and as an elementary age student, made a profession of faith myself. And then into my middle school years, uh, where I'd say I really understood at that point that uh, all the things that I had been taught and who Christ was and what he did for us at Calvary was not just a, a good story, and it wasn't just something I needed to know, uh, but it was for me and, and for my rescue from my sin. And so as a teenager, 
in going into eighth grade, uh, really understanding the gospel in my life. And uh, so that's kind of the, the beginnings of, of my, my walk with Christ. You know, I'm sure you would agree. It's really hard to put any kind of figure of value on what you went through. I mean, you think about the things that you've been spared from in your life because of that early conversion experience where you met the Lord and really be, even though you were in middle school for crying out loud, you began to understand the weight and the depth of our need for the gospel and were able to respond to that. That's, that's just amazing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that has stood out to me and that I had to learn in my journey is there were times that that was for me and going into ministry and working with Youth for Christ, we work with a lot of high-risk, at-risk, troubled youth that come from difficult backgrounds. And, and there were times that it was a, 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 had to really stop and think, well, what is my story? What's my testimony? And I, va- I, I very clearly remember being with a group of folks that were coming to minister one day at the Juvenile Detention Center. And, and we had some new folks, and they were introducing themselves and sharing First person, you know, hi, my name is John, and God spared me from a a life of addiction. And hi, my name is Sally, and God spared me from... And and we went around the room, and people were sharing this, and it really struck me, and God spoke to me. And my story, part of it is, you know, my name is Eric, and God has spared me from a life of addiction and a a life of of just uh, crime and all these things that so many people have had to deal with. So I'm so thankful for for how God has worked in my life in that way. You know, I heard a similar story about a a grandma who was supposedly telling that very kind, uh, they were in one of these teen challenge kind of uh, name that testimony type of times back in the 70s. And this grandma got up and started to talk about all the things that she had been set free from and all the people that had been set free from drugs and crime and murder and all of this. And they were all like, Oh, come on, grandma. What, what, what could you have done? (laughs) And she listed every vile sin that you can imagine. And they're all thinking, man, it's amazing. And then she said this, and I'm grateful that he set me free from all of those things before I ever had to go through a one of them. And I think that is the biggest deliverance of all right there. Yeah, that was, and, and that's, that's my story. And, and also working in local church ministry to help young people understand that our testimony is not about us and what we did wrong, but it's about who Christ is and, and God's love for us. And so um, I, I am, I'm right there with you on that. You know, it is really a beautiful thing to be able to talk about the grace of God, undeserved merit, you know, no matter what we've done, no matter what people are, are have uh, as their past or their background or their story or whatever, coming to the Lord, the ground is level at the foot of the cross, and it doesn't really matter. And I, I am just so grateful for people like yourself who made that decision and you know, I know that that doesn't mean we've lived perfectly, but I came to know the Lord at age 10, and it uh, it stuck in my life. And while, again, I made plenty of mistakes, I never wandered far from the the heart and the, the hold, if you will, that the gospel had on my heart. And that's so important, I think, for people to realize the value of that and making sure for parents that they take the time to share with their children the gospel of Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. I have uh, three children myself, Mike. I have a, uh, a 10-year-old, 
a 25 or 10-year-old daughter, a 25-year-old son, and a four, almost five-year-old daughter in that order. And it doesn't sound sound quite right, but um, my older son was a, a young man that I met when he was 11 and just had a very difficult set of circumstances in his life. He came to live with us when he was 16. Um, but absolutely, sharing faith with our children is, is my first priority. And um, I agree. definitely as parents, that's what we're called to. Yeah, the number one disciple that we should have would be our children, that's for sure. And that's what you're doing. Appreciate that about you, Eric. Now, I know that Youth for Christ, they've been around for about 70 years or so. Tell us a little bit of uh, your knowledge and what it's like working for this great organization. Yeah, well, Youth for Christ has been around since 1944, and uh, beginning there in the 40s, holding youth rallies across the nation. Um, Our first full-time staff member a little-known evangelist at the time, Billy Graham. Yeah. <laughs> and so we have a, a, a rich, rich history of um, just sharing the gospel with young people that even then were finding themselves at pivotal moments of life. And just Youth for Christ over the years and how we've went from the large rallies to um, much more relational, one-on-one, small groups, building authentic Christ-sharing relationships with young people today. Uh, so rich history. Youth for Christ is in over 130 communities across the nation and over 100 nations across the world. And it, it is a, a true privilege and joy to be a part of that in, in the Central Florida area. Now, you know, Eric, you bring up a good point. It seems that we don't see the kind of things that Billy Graham did in his crusades that would be televised, that whole thing of uh, big meetings in America. I know they're still going on overseas, internationally, but in America, we don't see as much of that kind of big meeting uh, for evangelism as what we are seeing, what you're describing, more one-on-one relational. And there's had to be a, a pivot from organizations like Youth for Christ, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I don't know that I could say, Mike, here's the reason. You know, what I know is that we are created to be in relationships, and and that's the way that God has created us. And I think that especially in today's society, um, young people that have come through a pandemic and that have been isolated, uh, we know that statistics have shown that the rates of anxiety and depression are skyrocketing, and and young people are looking for connectedness. And so as we talk about authentic Christ-sharing relationships, those happen in a, in a variety of ways. We it, It's our mission to reach young people everywhere. And so that takes us into schools, that takes us into communities, and that takes us into juvenile detention centers, where oftentimes young people are looking for some sort of hope. Now, I want to jump on that for a moment. I had the privilege of leading an outreach for over a year in Orange County, going to the JDC, the Juvenile Detention Center. Uh, Unless anybody has ever done that, it's really hard to get your brain around that kind of ministry. Uh, Why don't you share a little bit about what it's like for you, from your perspective, to minister to a, a JDC? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, It's hard to picture it. We see movies and we hear stories, but until you walk into a facility and and walk through security measures and hear doors closing behind you, um, it's it's something to experience. And and what's really 
what's really disturbing is when you walk in and you see young people, you see kids that are incarcerated. And, and, and I believe in justice. Uh, however, you know, there, there are young people as young as 10 years old that are in jumpsuits that are way too big for them and, and put in cells. And um, it's, a, it's a very interesting thing to walk in and see that for sure. You know, I remember thinking, uh, Eric, and, and I thought this many times when I'd be there, uh, that feeling that these kids you're seeing, I saw a lot of them, 10 years, 11 years old, again, wearing those orange jumpsuits that were way too big for them and yeah. wearing sandals like flips that yeah. also looked way too big for them. And thinking that, my goodness, if they weren't criminals, by the time they got into this place, they probably are being trained to be one while they're in that place. And, you know, it's really sad to think about how many uh, 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 institutions like this, they, they, were, they were brought about to kind of bring repentance. I mean, that's even what a, a, the pen or penitentiaries talked about. It's, it's off the word repentance. That's originally what it's for. But so many of them are now just like holding places, holding cells. And, and yeah, the, yeah it's, it, it, it doesn't do what we'd think it would do. Yeah, I, I I definitely agree with you, and I think that um, you know we talk about the system is broken. The reality is we live in a broken creation, and so, so if we take it all the way back to that, uh, but it it is our responsibility to do what we can to help these young people, and and for that matter, anybody that that finds themselves in those situations. Um, you know, first and foremost for us at Youth for Christ is to point them to the hope that can be found in Jesus. You know, but while we're there, we're, we, we want to spend time listening. We want to hear from the young people, sit down and listen to their story, let them share. So many of them have nobody that listens to them. And so as we come in and we can just begin a conversation and listen to hear what is going on in their life, um, oftentimes as they're sharing their story we can begin to share our story. And, you know, what's beautiful about that is we have a relationship with Christ and we are in his word and we're listening to a young person share. There are things that we can point back to scripture and introduce them to God's story in whatever situation they're in at the moment. If you look at the the Youth for Christ logo, it it consists of three rings. And those rings mean something. It stands for my story your story and God's story. Mm. And so at the end of the day, we, we want to be relational and authentic and, and just sit and listen to young people as they share what's going on. And they want to, they want to talk. Um, but then we can point them back to God and show them in his word that he has a purpose and a plan for them. Oh. And you know, there's that, you know, that whole thing about story. I think I heard this one time preached and I never forgot it. We all need to be about history. And history is really his story. It's the yes. story of God, and whether or not this culture wants to admit it, the concept of God, the reality of God, the fact that God oversees the universe, it's within the palm of his hand. They they don't like to think about it. They don't want to hear it, but it doesn't change the truth. Right. Yeah, I, I think that often we want, his, we want the covering and comfort of Christ but we certainly don't want the conviction. Yeah. And that conviction is what leads us into relationship, which takes us back to everything that you just said while ago. And that's what Youth for Christ is all about. It's 
helping others have the kind of relationship that God wants to have with us. And he actually provided that through his son and through our relationship with Jesus. We can not only be forgiven uh, here on this earth, but we have that whole blessed promise of heaven and eternal relationship. And that's what you're offering And it's a marvelous thing to do that. You deal with people. We're going to be up against a break here in a couple of minutes, but I do want to go ahead and introduce a a subject that we'll be talking about more depth in the next segment. But a young man named David Welch, uh, he was 15 years old and was living in an abusive uh, kind of household. And uh, I know that um, his life had to be just miserable, right? Yeah, very, very difficult circumstances as a child and um, and what a lot of our kids face. And he, he found himself in a really difficult situation up against a really tough decision and um, made a, a really terrible choice and, and led him into an introduction to Youth for Christ through that. Now, the, is it okay that we talk about some of those details? Absolutely, yeah. And, and I, I'll say, David, is and he has given permission for his story to be used and uh, God has done an, an amazing work in his life. And um, he, he said, if, if somebody else can come to faith or, or um, be helped by my story, then it's my responsibility to share it. So he has absolutely given us permission to talk about his story. Well, we're going to go into his entire story in our next segment, but on the line with me today is Eric Holm. And he's from the Polk County, and that's I understand down or you're you're located down around uh, the Lakeland Winter Haven area, right? Yes, sir. Right, Central Florida, right in uh, Lakeland Winter Haven, uh, right between the the big big water on both sides of us. Yeah, that's right. It's a great area, and again, we'll be with Eric talking about this young man named David Welch. His story is heartbreaking, but it has a wonderful turn. Uh, after those heartbreaks and that turn is making a difference not only in his life but God is using his testimony in other people's lives as well I'll be back with Eric in a moment this is Mike Gillen you're on Afternoons with Mike right here on The Shepherd Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study an evening Masters of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years' experience, EC Waters is a top-trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. On the line with me is Eric Holm. Eric is with Youth for Christ in Polk County. And they do a marvelous work, as the Youth for Christ chapters around the country do. I had a privilege, Eric, of working with a guy that I just love named George Doom up in the tri-state area of Indiana, 
uh, Illinois and Kentucky, where all three of those states merge. And he oversaw all the Youth for Christs in that area and was based in my hometown of Evansville. And my goodness, he had it going on, had a big, beautiful piece of property up there that they had purchased, had a big meeting area. Back in the day, I had a, a band and we played Christian music and got to really hold a lot of uh, concerts and meetings there with George and just got to see the impact that Youth for Christ has, not only in a place like that where they have kind of like a home, but the way they did it in campuses and uh, on school on school property and all that back then. And yours is just one of those great, great uh, op- opportunities for young people who need a listening ear. And isn't it yeah. sad, Eric, how many people don't have that? They go to school, but they don't have anyone at home. It's just a sad thing. Yeah, it's it's a really difficult situation. And, you know, we have found that when we sit down and just ask a couple questions and listen, they are so ready to talk and to share their story and to to look for look for direction. Right. Well, this young man that we were talking about in our last segment is one of those people looking that that needed direction. Sadly for him, his story uh, took a terrible turn. We mentioned the fact that he was in an abusive family and what ended up having he had an alcoholic father and woke up one faith, fateful morning uh, knowing that he was either going to kill himself or he was going to kill his dad. And the second is the choice that he took. He uh, fatally shot his dad, and his dad passed away, obviously, and uh, that left him uh, in a heap of trouble with a first-degree murder charge, mandatory penalty, life in prison, with the possibility of parole in 25 years. So pick up David's story from when he's now in trouble with the law. He's murdered his dad, and what happened to him? Yeah, yeah, 15 years old. It was in actually in 1992 when this happened. Youth for Christ of Polk County was chartered in 1990, so we're still pretty fresh in juvenile justice ministry in this area, um, and, and David was in this situation. And I will say, Mike, one of the things that I've learned over the years is, you know, David was in a difficult situation and made some really bad choices. Absolutely. And, and we talk about the very difficult environment that he lived in, um, and I, I want to also say that everybody that was involved in that created an image of God and God loved. And, you know, it's easy for us sometimes, especially when we work with kids that, that are struggling in different circumstances, to want to lay blame on parents. Um, but at the end of the day, we all have to make choices for ourselves. And, and David would say that, that it was his bad decision Absolutely. That, that, that led to this. Um and, and so I, I want to be careful about not saying that it was anybody else's fault but David, and he would he would say that too. But in that that morning, um, he made a very very bad decision, and ended up taking the life of his father. He was arrested and placed in the juvenile detention center, and it was there in what would um, be seen as a uh, end of the road place and an end of the road situation at 15 years old, that he met a Youth for Christ volunteer, somebody who took some training, um, had a, a, a desire to go and share God's love with young people, and 
David was in the detention center, and somebody came and visited with him and told him that God loved him and that God would forgive him, that if he would surrender his life to God, that God could still use him, that he still desired that relationship and and had a plan and a purpose for David. And it was in that facility, in the juvenile detention center in Bartow, Florida, that David received forgiveness and began a, a lifelong relationship with Christ. And I think sometimes we have this idea of jailhouse religion, uh, but in David's case, it was a lifelong commitment and a change in him and in his life. Um, now, one of the things, too, is that David received a punishment, and, and we share that with young people today. There are still consequences for sin. There's consequences for our actions. Um, and, and David went to prison and faced life in prison at 15 years old. Just amazing. Um, but even through that, David made a decision that if if what God's Word says is true, he's going to live that out. And David began to to be involved in outreaches within the prison. He served in chapels at the prison and uh, began teaching classes, um, continued his education, graduated high school in, in jail, um, even into college and seminary. There are, are programs there for inmates. and David participated in those. And Mike, one of the really neat things is that over the years, um, there have been times that we've gotten phone calls and visits from people that uh, had just been released from prison and said, hey, I wanted to call and tell you that there was a guy in prison named David who told me about Christ and led me to the Lord, and he shared with me how he met Jesus through Youth for Christ when he was 15 years old. So that, that's, that's pretty amazing. exciting for yeah. us to see um, David, even in the situation he was in, to continue to, to grow in his faith and to share that with others. Um, I tell you, Mike, today, uh, David is a free man, and not just from um, the bondage of his sin, but through a long list of circumstances. He actually was um, went for parole he- hearings numerous times and was denied numerous times, uh, but then later uh, had the opportunity to receive parole and was released into a halfway house. Um, and since that time, in three years, he has been out of the, the prison. Um, David has shared his story with young people. He's come and spoke at special events, um, and he's gotten a job. He's married. He is um, a successful member of the community and wants others to know how God has worked in his life. Um, And even to where just a few months ago, Mike, he had a hearing uh, for his parole, and he was, they've seen God at work in him and what has happened in his life and where he was supposed to be on supervision for the rest of his life. He is completely free with no probation, no parole, oh, wow. and um, serving serving the Lord and working in our community. Now, I have it down here that he spent 27 years yeah. uh, paying, if you will, uh, for that. And I think it's important you mentioned that he began this as a 15-year-old. So he was in JDC, the Juvenile Detention Center, for the first three years before going to the prison then. 
And so he had to go through both of those things, transitioned from juvenile detention to the prison. And his walk with the Lord has stayed faithful throughout all of that and now beyond. And so isn't it great to see stories, to hear stories where people are actually repentant afterwards, their life is different. And there are so many stories like this. The news media will not share these kind of feel good or very uh, well ending stories very often, will they? Yeah, no, and, and that's what's unfortunate is we don't we don't get to see these things. We if we turn on the news, we only hear the negative and think that that's all that there is. Yeah, but that's right. Every day we can we can see God at work in the lives of people uh, like David. Well, it's obvious that now he's a free man, and it wasn't just jailhouse religion for him. God has really touched him, and he is continuing to work not only alongside now Youth for Christ, but uh, working and helping people with their story, and by giving permission to talk about that story, that really does offer, uh, you know, I'm thinking we may have listeners right now who ha- would have a family member that's wayward or maybe going that direction to hear how a young man can radically change, and it's the simplicity of the gospel that changed David's life. Yeah, absolutely. And and I would I would say to listeners that are in that situation, continue to pray for that that person. Pray for that loved one. Um, write to them. Encourage them. Share, continue to share God's love with them. I agree. You know, and d- does he have any idea of what he's going to do uh, long term now that he's out? Because he's still fairly young, even even though he spent that um, he was more time in prison than he had been alive when he went yeah. to to prison. Uh, he still has, Lord willing, a lot of years left. What is it that he's doing now. So one of the one of the remarkable things with David's story is that it was volunteers from Youth for Christ that shared the hope of the gospel with him and not just that one day they continued for many years um in contact with David while he was in prison writing him visiting him um even helping him with attorneys and and other needs that he had um and and those same faithful volunteers have continued to support and encourage David um, even after his release. And he he works full-time in the community in a great job. Uh, that They have really helped him to connect and be involved. Um, he's involved in the local church, and um, he's recently been married um, oh, and wonderful. been able to begin to travel. God has done great things. One of the things that I think is, is really special, too, is you know, David um, loves serving and loves the opportunity, and it was about a year after he was released, we were holding a Christmas program for some of the kids in our neighborhood groups, and David came and spoke. Not only did he come and speak, he sponsored Christmas gifts for a child, um, but I'll tell you, Mike, it was it was a very special moment. It was a Christmas party being held in somebody's house. And um, to to listen as David shared, and it was emotional. He got emotional because here he's seeing kids that are 12, 13, 14, 15 years old that are at pivotal moments in their life, just as he was. And this is a, a Christmas, not in prison, after 27 years. And here he is sharing his story about what God has done in his life and experiencing Christmas in a home. 
for the first time in over 27 years. Amazing. Yeah. You know, a question for you as you get to work with kids like David, and now he's not a kid anymore. He's an adult and he's serving uh, other people and and talking himself to kids. Uh, I know that uh, that's got to be fulfilling for somebody like you that worked with people like this when they were still kind of in the throes of their their punishment phase, their their penalty, or maybe they're not in prison. Maybe they're just in bondage uh, to uh, some of the cultural things that are going on around us right now. What do you, what are you seeing happen right now in your work, Eric, uh, with with people in this culture, which I know is a lot different. A lot of people would say, yeah, this is uh, an entirely new world right now. What are your thoughts sure. about that? You know, um, it, it is a, a difficult thing. This this ministry of Youth for Christ is, I would say, messy. Um, you know, we meet kids where they're at, and there are days that it's really great. There are high highs and low lows. Um, I've shared with people that I've done weddings and I've done funerals. So having been involved in the ministry for so long, being able to see this this progression in people's lives. But the, the kids that we have today that are in our our neighborhood groups and um, in the juvenile justice ministry, there is such a sense of lack of relationships, um, a total disconnect from from people. You know, we think about all that's happened and, and just people that live in isolation. We can get online and we can we can be on our phones and we can, you know, text things. But a, a conversation is so hard for so many of them. Um, and people that just take time, like when we when we meet with kids on a weekly basis, they are amazed that we spend time with them. We get out on the basketball yeah. court with them. We we visit them at their home, um, and, and and a lot of times they don't understand why. And we say, well, because God loved us first. Um, so it, it's a it's a very unique thing. And, and today the kids are are desperately seeking some connection. They they want. We were created to be in relationships, um, and I think that so many of our families are broken, so much um, just kids on their own in so many ways, and a lot of parents just don't know how. They don't know what to do, and so that's where we find ourselves stepping into those situations. How often do you meet with kids there in Polk County? So we have, along with our juvenile justice ministry, so they're in the county, there are two juvenile justice facilities, the Juvenile Detention Center, and then the Polk Halfway House. So we have staff and volunteers that are in both of those facilities. We provide the chaplaincy there, uh, Sunday morning church services, youth group style outreach programs. We meet one-on-one with kids in both of those facilities. Um, And then our neighborhood ministry is called City Life. Uh, We meet with those kids on a uh, at least weekly basis during the school year where we pick those kids up from home in the morning, meet before school, have breakfast, play some games, do a Bible study, and then take them to school. Or we do it the reverse, meet with them in the afternoon, uh, and then take them home after that. Um, In addition to our weekly meetings, a lot of times there's text messages or phone calls or we stop by homes. We have the privilege of meeting with those kids one-on-one at their school over lunch, uh, we can go in and have lunch with them and check in and have some, some one-on-one connections with them there. 
And then uh, spring, we do a retreat in the spring where we take the kids on a, a three-day, two-night experience. Uh, actually, Easter weekend, Thursday night, all day Friday and Saturday morning. Um, and then we have summer camps. Mm. Um, my, summer camps are one of my favorite. We do week-long wilderness camps in the summer. Uh, it's hot. It's a lot of uh, it's tent camping. It's hiking. It's canoeing. It's swimming. Uh, but it's a really special time. So. You know, Mike, your question was, how, what do we, when do we see him? How often? All the time. All the uh, we, time. We yeah. believe in relationships. It's really encouraging to hear your organization's commitment to these kids that are kind of locked up there in the JDC. That's really a, a fulfilling thing. And when we come back, we'll talk to Eric a little bit more about uh, the organization Youth for Christ. So don't go away. Up against another break, I'll be back in just a moment. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. On the line with a first-time caller, so enjoyed hearing this report about Youth for Christ. Eric Holm is based in the Polk County area. That's down around Winter Haven. Uh, such a gorgeous part of Central Florida. I love that area. I've been down there many, many times. And it is such a, a great thing that they're doing. These uh, two JDC outreaches that they are overseeing. And this amazing story about this young man, David, who was put in the JDC, uh, ultimately prison, for just a, a terrible choice that he made. And yet, while he is there, and this, I know a lot of people are skeptical when they hear about people coming to the Lord when they're in jail or in prison. But, you know, there are plenty of times that those jailhouse conversions not only were real, but they took root and they changed that person's life forever. And this, without a doubt, David Welch is one of those people. His story is just nothing less than amazing. And so it's got to be wonderful for you. And I, I wanted to find out, Eric, you know, you, I don't know how many volunteers you oversee, but this is an exciting thing. And a lot of people are looking for a ministry. They're looking for a way to be involved. And if I heard one phrase regularly, it's this phrase, I want my life to make a difference. And you know what you're talking about? I mean, the person that prayed for David, that has to be a thrilling thing for them, oh, yeah. for them to lead him to the Lord and then to see all these years later what's going on in this man's life. That has to be a fulfilling thing. How can people get involved with Youth for Christ? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we talk about that we are a, a staff-led ministry, but we are a volunteer-driven ministry. We have a very small staff. Uh, we have a team of about 50 volunteers right now in this community, um, but there are volunteers all over the nation. There's over 130 chapters across the U.S., um, lots of ways to be involved. Listen, Mike, first, we need people praying for us. I mean, when we think about going into communities, into homes. We think about going into the juvenile detention center. Those are, those are all part of the system, and there are, are rules and regulations. 
but God has shown his favor and given us those opportunities. But, you know, we, we definitely need volunteers. We need people that can come alongside. Maybe it's people that, that like the idea of camping in the middle of the summer in Florida um, that, that want to help at wilderness camps. We, have, we need folks to come in and meet one-on-one with kids and share the gospel with them. Um, you know, there's, there's all these different ministry opportunities. At Thanksgiving and Christmas, we do food baskets for all the families of kids that are involved in the ministry. Maybe, maybe within your church, you want to help collect food. Easter time, we do hygiene baskets along with some candy and an Easter basket. So maybe you want to do some, some hygiene collection. There's so many ways to get involved. And what I would say is that you can visit our website. Our national website is yfc.net. And from there, you can find a local chapter or one in your area that you can plug in with, whether it's praying for them, supporting them financially, um, or ground level, boots on the ground, getting involved in sharing Christ with kids that need to hear the hope of Jesus. Man, you may have one of the best websites I've ever heard of. It doesn't get much simpler than that, does it? <laughs> yeah, we try to make it simple. YFC.net, you click join, and it'll it'll show you where the, the closest chapter is. You know, I've many people I've talked to over the years in ministry that got involved as a volunteer, and they just got hooked. When we moved back here in Orlando in 2019, I was privileged to have a tour at a great place up that is called the Sharing Center. And I've had Nina Yan on many times from this organization, and they are just like what you described. They're uh, driven by some staff, all right, but they are pre- predominantly operating with uh, volunteer ministry, and people yeah. get involved. And I've heard this story so many times that people, they got involved maybe with a little bit of skepticism or maybe slightly anxious about how it would all work out with an organization, with a ministry. And once they got in, once they started doing it, they they got so fulfilled that I don't think a pack of wild horses could pull them <laughs> away from doing what they were doing. And, and that's really what happens when you find yourself in a ministry that you love and that you're being fulfilled and you're making a difference. You're doing something with your life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's my story, Mike. I was uh, 19 years old when I met the ministry of Youth for Christ. Somebody invited me um, I was helping lead a, a youth group at a small church as a summer intern, and somebody invited me to come and do a uh, a devotion, a Bible study one night at the Polk Halfway House. And what I didn't mention earlier, I was about 15 years old um, at a summer camp with my church when when God called me into ministry. And you know, it was it was a little bit of a battle. It wasn't really my plans, um, but over time and through that meeting this person at 19 years old, being invited to come and help do a Bible study one night. I I, I walked into this facility and saw these guys, quite honestly, that were my age. I've never been exposed to anything like this, but I left there knowing that this was a ministry that God wanted me to be involved in. Started as a volunteer, got very involved, uh, weekly groups in the detention center, in the halfway house, and over time, realizing that God's call to ministry on my life was working with kids like this. And so I've had the opportunity to be involved with Youth for Christ, like I mentioned, since 1999. 
um, and now in the role of the executive director. And it's it's exciting to to watch young people get involved, watch senior adults get involved, people that think they have nothing to offer, but when they realize they can just sit down and have a conversation with a kid um, and share the love of Jesus with them. Well, there's a lot of people, too, that really do. And this thing that you mentioned earlier, working in a camp, that sounds like a lot of fun. And I know it's hot, and Florida is, hey, it's Florida, right? Right. <laughs> That's what right. we're here for. We're here for this wonderful Florida weather that we have, and to get involved in doing something that's not only fun, but you get to help other young people and be there, that sounds like that's just a deal for some people that they just are not going to be able to pass up. So what is the process for somebody getting approved and going through the process of becoming a volunteer to work like that? What are they, what must they do? Yeah, thank you for asking that. You know, it, it's our primary role, too, to protect the kids that we work with and their yes. families. So we do full background checks. Um, all of our volunteers go through that process, uh, references, and, and then some, some training that we provide. Um, but the first step would be that simple visiting a website and, and clicking, I, I want to get involved, or call your local chapter and say, you know, what can I do? And then uh, that process, depending on where you serve. So our folks that serve within the juvenile detention center, for example, after they've gone through our requirements, um, the the facility also has some requirements to go through to be allowed to come in. But you know what I've learned is that the people that want to do this, they're going to take whatever steps have to be taken to do it. And um, so I'd invite people to, to get connected, come and see. Come, come and see what's going on. Um, one of the things that we, we like to do is, is take people for the day. Um, come to a group. Come to the detention center with us as a guest one day and, uh, and see what's going on. And if, uh, if God works in you like he did me, you're going to leave there and uh, be involved for a real long time. You know, I think that's such a wise thing. And, and that's a that's like a no-lose uh, proposition right there, to go along and just go alongside and see what's happening in these places, behind these uh, walls, behind these prison fences, like in the, the JDC. And once you're in there, and it is a creepy feeling the first time you go yeah. in and they lock that door behind you, it is definitely weird and yet exciting. And so, uh, yeah, you're right. They have a very stringent checking point for people who are going to do it week in and week out. But once you do that, you have an opportunity to gain the trust of someone that is a truly, in every sense of the word, a captive audience. And when you're talking to somebody there, you see you're going to have to have a lot of patience because a lot of what you see there is just heartbreaking. Uh, the fact that these kids are there, that they've made these kinds of bad choices, and some of them are going to be in jail just like what David was for a long time. But you know what? That length of time that he spent, uh, 27 years, that is a drop in the bucket to eternity. And he yeah. is going to have the best years of his life with the Lord. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you one one more quick story, um, and it's, you know, a little ironic. There's a young man that that we know now, and his name is David, and um, he had come to group numerous times, uh, but David, we shared the gospel with him, never made a decision for Christ, Um, and David ended up getting in a lot of trouble recently, so several months ago, uh, found himself in the detention center, 
and is probably going to be going to jail for an, an extended amount of time oh, as into his adult years. But what's beautiful about that is he knew some of us in the local community with Youth for Christ, and the day that he was put into the Juvenile Detention Center, um, I've been able to go see him since this, but the day that he was put in there a couple months ago, he noticed a, a man walking through the hallway that had a shirt on that said Youth for Christ, and he stopped him, and he said, tell me, how do you know Youth for Christ? And he told him who he was. He asked him, well, do you know Mr. Eric? I do. He said, I need to talk to you. And that kid, who had already heard the gospel but had never made a decision, sat down with this, this other person at the detention center, um, had a conversation, and, and prayed to receive Christ that day. Oh, my goodness. Um, and, you and, know, and th- so it's, that reminds me of the story that some sow—it's in the Bible, yes. the Scripture—some sow, some plant, some cultivate, others get to bring in the harvest. And that's exactly yeah. what happened there. Absolutely. And you were the one who sowed a lot into that young man. It's got to be fulfilling, I know, and I've uh, been there. And I just want to encourage people to give this a try. You never know. Pray about it minimally. And while you're praying, pray for all the people at Youth for Christ. The work they're doing there in Polk County is significant. I know they're doing that in throughout not only Florida, but also the United States. And it is a, an organization that is worthy of that kind of prayer. What's ahead for you in the next month or so? We've got about a minute left. Oh, goodness. Well, we have a, a fundraising dinner, actually, Thursday, uh, March the 2nd. And uh, so we're excited about that. Obviously, it's a ministry that requires support of the, of the, the, the people of God. And then uh, we have a couple retreats coming up, Easter weekend, and uh, so we're looking forward to those things. And then we, we go full into summer mode. So uh, always busy around here. So your website is yfcofpolk.org, right? Yes, sir. That's YFC for Youth for Christ of P-O-L-K dot O-R-G. And they can find you, uh, check that information out. Also, the national website that you mentioned is simply yfc.net. And either one will get you in touch with some good people, and maybe you can find yourself being fulfilled in your own life and ministry. I really appreciate this. Eric Holm, my guest today from Youth for Christ of Polk County, we wish you the best, and thanks for joining us on the program today. Absolutely. Thanks, Mike. All right, and friends, we'll see you next week right here on the Shepherd Radio Network.